opposing the government and opposing the Conservatives. I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left. And of course, we know that the hard left famously cannot time. tolerate any who dissent. Who well, We know who the hard left are, who associate with the hard left. You just said that we were... I just wanted to... I've been dying to, like, uh, tell, tell this stuff. But you know how, like, in the TV shows, all the cops are, like... Um, like cracking wise like the fictional tv shows they're already witty and smart and they've got great one-liners and stuff and then like you listen to a podcast as i did where they're interviewing real cops who are in a show <laughs> in this case in this case it was the dea agents in uh the first three seasons of narcos who yeah it turns out are real guys i thought they just cast the white one in it so that there was someone speaking english for a significant portion of the show but turns out yeah real guy um him and pedro pascal not actually pedro pascal himself not a cop pedro pascal not a cop i don't know if he's a comrade the jury's out but like i mean um, he seems more comrade open than most people given his family history but yeah, so I listened to like the real narcos this podcast where they're talking to these DEA agents and they yeah, they're just like so dumb and inarticulate <laughs> both of these cops. I mean, sure, I'm sure they did great work bringing down Pablo Escobar, but you know, like they're not they're not born uh raconteurs or whatever. <laughs> like, um so uh one of them like said something I found fucking hilarious, which was just like um I was like a cocaine addict. But the opposite. I was a, <laughs> I was addicted to, to not being a DEA agent. <laughs> it's like you could... <laughs> uh, yeah. So I I I enjoyed that. Uh, so I just wanted to share that. <laughs> I was addicted to um, you know. I was addicted uh, to not being addicted to cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> Well, um, so yeah, we've got we've got other things to talk about though. So you know, I've just been putting a lot of like narco trafficking history into my head through like mainstream American television shows. So I just wanted to like while I'm just talking about that, while I'm just riffing, isn't it crazy how like there are certain countries you know where they like don't have freedom of speech as commonly construed in the West. But is it, like, really, like, that much better that, like, in the West, like, mainstream American corporations just make these shows where they just, like, portray, they just openly discuss all the mad, fucked up things that, like, the US state has done, which are just public knowledge, uh, and then they're just like, hmm, is it good or bad? I don't know. Like, <laughs> torture is a land of contrasts. Like, it's hmm. like... I, I enjoy, uh, you know, certain Western freedoms in that regard, being able to, like, just riff about shit on a podcast that's good. But, I mean, you know, what... <laughs> I, what I'm advocating is a totalitarian state uh, where we're not allowed to uh, talk about the crimes of the British Empire because at least it would be honest. What? <laughs> <That's> a... <laughs> well, okay, well, that's not the point the I was trying to make. Hypocrisy is astounding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm, like, yeah, 
I well, well, I'm just I'm just saying. I'm just pointing out. You know, it sounds like you've turned to Starmerism. We're, <laughs> <laughs> we're getting fucking locked up in a year or two if he gets in. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I think already in the Labour Party, you're not allowed to discuss the crimes of the British Empire. But no, I just mean, I just mean it's like we, you, you can just turn the fucked up it's not like you're erasing that there is stuff obviously in american history that kind of like isn't talked about as much but now the model is just like we'll make a commercial film about this fucked up shit that loads of like corporations will make money out of um and it it becomes an entertainment and thus the reality of the horror is neutralized for people and I lap this shit up, don't get me wrong. I'm not <laughs> saying I, I don't enjoy, like, entertainment that touches on serious issues. But, like, I think it was just like I was watching Sicario. Um, Sic- sorry, Sicario, I think you say rather, the other day. And I, like, a cup- about half an hour in, I realised, oh, yeah, I've watched this, like, three months ago or something. I rewatched this very recently, probably because it's just on Netflix. And I see it, I'm like, oh, that's a good film. But... Like, I stuck it through to the end, and I think it's an excellent film. It touches on, like, the the kind of shady, parapolitics, fucking deep state aspect of the US's war on drugs in Latin America. Um, You know, how there's all these kind of, like, um, private security mercenaries and stuff in it, uh, and, and, you know, is such and such a CIA agent? What's really going on? What's the geopolitical agenda for this drug bust? Why are they letting this one happen? Etc, etc, blah, blah, blah. But then, like, you know, it is just kind of an exciting Hollywood film where, like, Benicio Del Toro's character, rather than there being some, like, deep, deep state explanation for what he's doing, like... The cartel boss killed his family. He just, he wants revenge. Just like Charles Bronson, like you know, it's like Michael Winner's War on Drugs. I, I mean, I, it's not like a Death Wish film. Like I say, it's a really good film. But like I'm saying, even something that I think is pretty great, it's a piece of entertainment that in some way neutralizes the horror of what's going on. Yeah, I think it was a uh, Goddard who said you can't make an anti-war film because war is inherently cool and fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like, this shit is awesome. It, it's shit very is exciting, it's very cinematic, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, exactly. I feel like you could ask people the messages they've taken from something like Apocalypse Now, just to pick an obvious example, and mm-hmm. you would get the entire political spectrum represented in, in people's views. <laughs> like, yeah. napalm, you know, it smells really it good. It conforms to your views, your pre-existing views. See it as an incredibly anti-war movie, and then there'd be some people that are just like... Yeah, that you know that that mad corporal with the fucking surfing was cool. Yeah, <laughs> <you know? laughs> I want to go and start a cult in Southeast Asia and like shave all my hair off and uh, be Marlon Brando just generally while we're just revving up. Be in good like, company, yeah. <laughs> of Marlon Brando, exactly. Like there's only one Marlon Brando, despite there being the North American Marlon Brando Lookalike Association uh, or Nambler in an episode of South Park. <laughs> But while we're just like on the movies and stuff, have you seen that the great auteur Johnny Depp is returning for his first film as a director since I believe 1997? The the great film, The Brave, starring Johnny Depp as uh, a, a Native American. I was who... going to say, who was doing a Native American? 
who is hired by uh, Marlon Brando himself, in fact, great segue here, to to, um, uh, to die in a snuff film. Like, Marlon Brando is just some rich, fucked up guy, and his hired hands are going to kill Johnny Depp and film it for Marlon Brando to, like, wank off to, I guess. And, uh, <laughs> and like, um, was... so, so it's just, like, a really muted drama with, like, a kind of instrumental country soundtrack by Iggy Pop, uh, <laughs> where, where, uh, where, 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 like, Johnny Depp is just kind of, like, um, pensively, like, mulling around, like, trying to spend some time with his family and, like, live his life before Marlon Brando murders him uh, for his personal pornographic collection. <laughs> what the fuck? It sounds like, I can't remember the name, uh, oh, Indecent Proposal. It sounds like that, but an even more indecent proposal. <laughs> it's very indecent proposal. The indecent yeah, proposal just... was like the first fucking script submission. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're, you're, Marlon Brando is just like, you're dirt poor, I'll like uh, pay you or really your family a bunch of money if you uh, uh, get horribly killed for my entertainment. And then the film just ends before they even kill him and it's just like, fuck off, don't tease me like that. <laughs> but yeah, so Johnny Depp is coming back with a, 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 a biopic not of uh, the great... Uh, um, 1950s rock and roll pioneer Bo Diddley, but the similarly named Italian artist uh, Mo, Dig- Mo Digliani. It just sounds like Bo did. I always thought it was a B when people said it. Anyway, um, yeah, Johnny Depp is directing a biopic of him called Modi. the levels on which this project has not been thought through are already quite impressive i mean i'm really hoping johnny depp is gonna play him but as a native american (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah i think depp will star in it as well because like the stuff i mean no i sorry i was thinking of like kevin spacey's recent projects where he's like playing like serbian dictators and stuff (laughs) (laughs) in these like underground european films but no, Johnny Depp has. I don't even know what he's done, if anything, what he's done recently. Uh, oh well, although it's it sucks so much that Jeff Beck's final album was like a collaboration with Johnny Depp. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just died. It's what it's what hanging out with Depp does to a motherfucker. <laughs> Hunter S. Thompson, uh, Alex Cox, actually, the great film director. Did I have I mentioned that we had Alex Cox, the director of Repo Man, and so on on our show? Did I mention that I've interviewed him before? I'm I'm sure I I have numerous times. Yes, I'm sure I'm sure uh, everybody's well aware of this by now. But he actually said that like when he tried to direct a, a version of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas in the 1990s, and he went to visit um, Hunter S. Thompson to like work on the script and stuff, which did not go well, by the way. That's actually footage of Hunter S. Thompson like treating Alex Cox and his his wife and writing partner Todd Davies like total shit. Um, but like. Um, Alex Cox, like, complained on Real Politic, nonetheless. He was like, oh, there was always people around Hunter S. Thompson, like, Johnny Depp, like, ooh, do more coke, monkey. Dance for me, like. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Depp actually, uh, re- on record, as a bad influence on 
Well, I mean, all right, Hunter S. Thompson was, like, about 60 and had been doing hard drugs since <laughs> probably like the womb by that point but still uh, i'm sure i'm sure depp didn't help but he did then pay uh to have hunter s thompson's ashes shot into space while mr tambourine man played <laughs> <laughs> okay well anyway uh yeah so that's like depp corner america court is that the return of america corner because we discussed at least one american Born in the USA. I wish I was. I was just popping on the I wish I was in Dixie. Hooray! Um, yes, so, um. On my way down south in Dixie. Away, away. Away down south in Dixie. Yeah, that, that was just. I don't know, just a little bit of warm-up movie chat, cartel chat. You know, I is there Alec Baldwin's film still going ahead? One where he killed someone? On yeah, the it is. It is. They actually restarted the production. It's like Aziz Ansari's... I almost said Aziz Ibrahim, the guy who played guitar for the Stone Roses, like after John Squire left, and <laughs> they did those disastrous gigs. Uh, good guitarist, but no. Aziz Ansari had that film like completely scrapped, like production just halted never to be resumed because bill murray like groped some woman on it or something <laughs> whereas this film like someone literally dies and they're like right let's get back to work we've had our like grieving slash fighting for our innocence in court period let's get down to the grindstone again remember when we talked about great balls of fire the jerry lee lewis film and i was like oh well there's at least one real killer in this film because alec Baldwin's <laughs> <laughs> Uh, should we talk some politics? Yeah, I, I just... Never. Like, literally about ten minutes ago, I've not seen this in the news at all until just now. Uh, Have they got Starmer on the Berlusconi thing? No, they haven't got Starmer the on the Berlusconi thing. But, uh... What was it? Was it financial for, for, corruption no. or sexual? Uh, sexual. Uh, for... for <laughs> <laughs> you were joking, but no. Uh, former Labour MP for Gillingham, uh, Paul Clark between 1997 and 2010 jailed distributing child abuse images oh no uh, jailed not another one two years uh, distributing yes distributing um so like joyce was possession some, was it not some man maybe that's who yeah i, I think that, i think that's pretty serious because they, they call like downloading the pictures like creating an image which is a bit different from how people imagine it but i think distributed mm. like means distributing Fucking hell. Uh, he had well over a thousand images. Uh, not that it's any better. I, it might possibly mean a torrent, which you download and upload at the same time. That, that, no, uh, with piracy, it could be. Uh, that, that'd be, for sharing, distribution. be sharing it, yeah. yeah. Um, he... you got to not share with but you got to smash stop on that seed button. Just don't do it. Don't, <laughs> don't be a comrade. Uh, look out for your own interests. Yeah, Listen to Margaret Thatcher yeah. and don't seed torrents. That's how you get away with being a pedophile. No, that's not the advice I'm trying to say. <laughs> the advice I'm trying to be a pedophile. Welcome to the legal advice corner. Four judges screwed me over. FFF's like, heard it all before, mate. Like, you don't, <laughs> you don't even know half of it. Genuinely, I don't think... He was like, um, he wasn't hugely prominent, but he was a junior minister in Blair's government. And, well, uh, or nailed on... PPS on for various cabinet ministers. So he wasn't like Gapes level of shud, but... Uh, 
you know, what are you talking about? The heart and soul of the movement. <laughs> I literally, I was like, Keir Starmer is going to invite Mike like Gates a, back He looks like a horrible arms. cross between disgraced former Tory minister David Meller and the dead magician Paul Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> what, while he was dead, or like currently? Uh, yes, I, no, I would, I would say while he was dead. Alone, not, not a huge difference. Really, a handsome man. I have just been reminded, though, that we never discussed the readmission of Mike Gapes to the Labour Party on the show, and we have FFF here. Oh, we've got to get to that in a minute, then, yeah. A hundred percent. Do we'll we'll talk about this Blairite wrongen and then Gapes time. Lift lift everybody's spirits a bit after this disturbing news. He was a trade unionist before he was an MP. He's not like a so is Gerard Coyne. I, mean, I know, fucking... I know. It doesn't, mean, it doesn't mean you got good politics, but so is Jimmy Hoffa. He's like <laughs> more done a lot more for workers than most uh, Labour right trade unionists actually. Hoffa probably killed fewer people. Did Hoffa ever actually kill kill anyone, or did he just not have killers? You know what I mean. I don't know. I, I, anything I could add to this is just come from like gangster movies and the Sopranos. You're from the Irishman, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, here's how it actually works in the mafia. <laughs> like, fuck. Everyone who's <laughs> listening to this has seen Godfather Part Two as well. I'm not an expert. <laughs> you're in really up. deep witness protection. Like you, your your Italian American accent has has been purposefully suppressed. <laughs> um, but no, well, he was a Republican, wasn't he, Hoffer? So again, yeah, at that point, the Republican Party in the U.S. Uh, probably a lot less right wing, probably a lot less racist than the uh, Labour right today, and then, and forever. Probably, yeah. Uh, slightly lower death toll, I imagine, as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> steadier, yeah. but you know, <laughs> without the same peaks. Have we got anything more on this guy? There's, no, no. there's nothing interesting to say about him apart from his prolific child sex offences. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> I, I guess that's probably why it's not been a big story, but I'm just a bit wary of that. After, yeah, uh, if he was mates with Corbyn, like, oh, just, yeah. it's just Corbyn's like he's never met this guy in his life. Like, just one of the many MPs who was like, huh, that guy's a loser. I, I, I meanwhile, I've got a great idea for a business to start once I leave Parliament, you know? So of course, fun. you know, it's, 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 it's obviously not the uh, the first recent Labour MP to be a convicted paedophile. Eric we meant, Joy, I meant Eric Joyce, Joyce yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, our former follower on Twitter. <laughs> don't brag about that. <laughs> I'm just stating the facts. It's like I was just complaining he's, earlier. He's blocked Claire me. Fox, I mean, comrade Claire Fox, a fellow veteran of the British Communist movement. She followed us on Twitter for a time following the 2017 general election. I mean, look, these people all we lose quote quote unquote contact with them through the many many suspensions under Elon Musk's uh, fucking woke anti free speech PC agenda. We, I, mean, we, I, I, we... I used to be I was followed for about five minutes until I blocked her by fucking Julie Bircher. So I'm not oh, really bloody got much hell. high ground there. <laughs> Yeah, we Fucking we had booze and fags or whatever. It was. <laughs> Fuck off. There's just one person for whom like cigarettes function like helium. Like it's just just a freak bodily reaction. Um, but like I think she's just mainlining helium. You've heard her fucking speak. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Claire Fox, like, just uh, turned her back on her former comrades like us and just, like, did, has not, like, tried to get us into the House of Lords at all or anything. Like, pulled the ladder up behind her. Just another uh, left careerist. It's sad. We've not even had an invite to speak at the fucking battlefield of ideas or whatever they call it. The Spike Festival. Yeah, a spike in your <laughs> fucking head, like brutal, bloody, 10, uh, 10, grand pignol of warfare. <laughs> 20 different spiked online fronts, sort of, uh, living Marxism fronts or whatever it is, just like all sort of giving talks to each other about how great they are. <laughs> yeah, just not, we're just not part of their elite club, you know, just these, these, these establishment figures um well they literally are now to be fair but but anyway like half of them are like advising the government let's talk about another person at the heart of the establishment michael john gapes so yeah while we were away on a little sabbatical and people were all like uh yeah uh, starmer's gonna invite uh luciana berger back to the party but the other cucks like gapes and stuff no they won't be so lucky no one cares about them they're such fucking losers he might have invited some of the boring ones because the labor party like a sort of boring time server that's before like Scottish yeah, Labour get Gavin Shooker back in. Yeah, no, even no, no. though he ran for the Lib Dems, get Shooker in. I, I said boring one, but fucking weird evangelist tossers. Well, well, who's the boring ones in Cuck? Like Anne Coffey? Yeah. But she wrote that great book under the pseudonym. <laughs> no, literally no one other than me and you read that book. It sold about. Sinan did. Sinan did as well. Loads of people it, with no, 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 uh, left wing podcasts sold, and streams read that. It sold book. about 30 or 40 copies. And we, yeah, and we I'm proud of my collection. <laughs> <laughs> we were literally responsible for 10% of the sales of their fucking book. <laughs> it's a fucking collector's item. And I think uh... we spent longer reading it than the fucking editor of the book did. Yeah, and coffee exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, <laughs> but is she is she one of the boring ones then? Okay, yeah. because they let Angela Smith back to the party. You know, Angela Smith, that person, she was that's, totally that's just. That's a really insane one because she has no, there's no benefit to letting her back in. Yeah, well, uh, there is links, link, links with a lucrative private industry. Like, just it's more. Yeah, but they just... don't want to advertise those links. That's the thing. Everyone hates the privatized water industry. Yeah, they just want to quietly keep it going. They're pretty fucking flagrant around hanging out about hanging out with like capitalist cunts who everyone hates. Like Starmer swans off to Davos and he's like, "Yeah, I love this. These are my people. Fuck Westminster. Fuck the UK. In fact, fuck people who aren't invited to." Davos. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, yeah, they invited Angela Smith back in, and, you know, like, the last few days you see um, John McDonnell tweeting a lot about how uh, water should be nationalised, and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah Angela Smith definitely uh, just appalled by anti-Semitism in the party, and not somebody with close links to the private water industry who did not want John McDonnell to become Chancellor. That's definitely <laughs> not what's going on there. <laughs> uh, she's pretty boring i guess although it is pretty impressive how uh quickly she uh made a racist gaffe um <laughs> that's kind of interesting when she said the thing about people of a funny tinge like yes. five minutes into their official media blitz that's literally a hundred a hundred minutes into the party's existence <laughs> classic and you know start as you mean to go on um yeah. but 
like, yeah, so Gapes, uh, people were like, oh, they're not going to invite Gapes back. He's just a weirdo. No one cares about him other than, like, freaks who listen to real politics. Like, there's literally, like, no benefit to getting Gapes in. It's like, I, I, you I thought they not... might invite him back, but I didn't think they'd advertise it. <laughs> you do <laughs> not like, understand the delicate the two, the two big hitters we got back like that was insane like the... slightly staggered as well so it's like yeah we're gonna announce a big hitter every day has come back but actually, who was the other those... one uh, Luciana Berger. Oh, yeah, Berger, yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. Well, I, I, again, I see that because it's they like... St- yeah, they started with her, and that made sense, and we were all expecting it. And then, like, two days later, they're like, and we got Gabe's back as well. <laughs> we got Gabe's, and <laughs> literally there was a... I, I wrote this whole, like, parody letter, like, saying uh, about how... Like, literally just, like, uh, taking the Luciana Berger letter and just adding in, like, some Gabe's bullshit to it. And, like... They then proceeded to... It might have been from Ian McNichol rather than Starmer. Not Ian McNichol, sorry. The current uh, fucking gangster. Um, uh, 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 David uh, Evans. David Evans, precisely. Uh, like, and he wrote this whole thing. Again, just like, literally, it was like, Mike Gapes, you are the backbone of the labor movement. You <laughs> personally suffered more anti-Semitism than any Jewish person. Like, it was just like exactly what I'd envisioned. And it's like, yeah, if people didn't think they were going to invite back Mike Gapes, just again, to be like, fuck you, real politics. This is literally about <laughs> spiting <laughs> us personally. Us, us specifically, yeah. They're like, oh, you thought that Mike Gapes was such a joke because your politics were so ascendant. You thought you could just make fun of Mike Gapes, this good man. You thought that you could do this to a a decent, uh, like, pro-NATO, pro-Europe MP. How fucking dare you? So they're like, who can we invite back? who uh the the people who are annoying to us on Twitter um will just feel like really affronted by. Well, there's only really one kind of thing. You know, all that stuff about, oh, the left uh, target uh, female and Jewish MPs, bollocks. Like, we, like, <laughs> gave Mike Gapes way more shit than we ever did, like, any <laughs> any other person. Uh, Having you previously, know. before my time on the podcast, done the fucking same to Chris Leslie as well. Uh, well, precisely. <laughs> literally another one of the initial uh, burst of cucks. Yeah, like, I'm not that surprised Mike Gates is back in the party because he's pretty tight with um, Wes Keating and Jasafwal in mm-hmm. uh, Ilford, Ilford Mafia. Yeah, we know exactly. We know who's really well the GG gang. Uh, oh, is that kind of that's a separate organization, isn't it? But we know who's really running the party. We know that Wes is very influential. Uh, by the way, I urge everyone to go and see some of the stuff that uh, the at women for Wes account has been tweeting. Yes. <laughs> uh, don't be fooled by the name. They've got some quite damning stuff on there about Mr. Streeting, um, some accusations of sexual harassment currently. I've, um, I've seen some more. It seems credible. Okay. Well, Grant has said it. So, yeah, go again, go and look that shit up. You've got our word. It's some, some interesting stuff. Um, but, yes, Wes is like, you know, the Labour Party is such a fucking corrupt, like, crime family. Like, you just literally, it's just all about, like, favours and backslapping. So, yeah, Wes and Jazz at, well, they'll be, like, uh, pestering Kieran, he'll, and they'll be like, yeah, and it will show that, like, you're not Corbyn. And he's like, oh, okay, then. Yeah, didn't, like, um, Gates, Wes, and Jazz, like, collude to cover up some racism or something? 
I'm sure <laughs> I couldn't possibly it, it, say. <laughs> it, 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 I'm sure like it came out in the one of the leaked labour reports. Um, there was something like that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that's how I know it. I mean, they obviously yes, there were various uh, conclusions between them, and obviously the way uh, Street didn't both both of them, but Street in in particular, uh, given his position, jumped in to defend as well, like in such a clear way that it it crossed the line into like attacking the the alleged victim. Yeah, uh, that was disgusting behaviour, uh, which. <laughs> uh, women for West might have shared a little bit of light on the motivation behind that in recent days. Okay, so yeah, Gapes is back. Like, unfortunately, due to the suspension of uh, one of my accounts by woke e- Elon, I almost said Enoch, Freudian slip. I sadly am now blocked by mike gapes on my only twitter account so i haven't seen much of his like fire content recently uh who did he start a beef with was it like amnesty and i'm sure he's got an ongoing beef with amnesty over like not just yeah, like the alleged was... crimes in the ilford civil war but um his yeah was a, like, i reported it on prisons or something where he just like uh, completely soft <laughs> handled them and amnesty said it was a missed opportunity and knowing Mike, like, it's just going to be a lifelong feud now. <laughs> because we <laughs> criticised him. Uh, well, yeah. So, I mean, is there much more Gapes shit to say? Or are we all a bit... We're like... all blocked, so... We're all blocked, <laughs> okay. Whenever I make an account, one of the first things I do is block Mike Gapes. Just because <laughs> that way he can't block me. And that way I can still He'll see all his mad accounts. Uh, yeah, nice. Yeah. You can still block people who've blocked you, can't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, uh, but like he won't see any of my tweets. If you, you, oh, right, you yeah, go from a new account, and you know, un- unless you go viral or something, or like picking a fight with a guy, how's he going to know that account exists? Mm. Mm. Uh, unless it's like a named account. Like if you call all your accounts Jack Brain Reed, he might be like, see if that cunt's re-registered again, right? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> leave me alone. Do you think he's pulling the strings? Because, like, I, I don't know if people have heard, I'm a targeted individual. I'm a targeted individual. Get to the bottom, who's pulling the strings? Who's pulling the strings? Who's pulling the strings? Who's pulling the strings? I'm a targeted individual. Got to get to the bottom, of who's pulling the strings? Who's pulling the strings? So, I, yeah, I lost another Twitter account during, like, the time we were away, like, prior to our great comeback. In fact, this attempt to silence me by, I don't know, like, the woke Stasi... You were banned for your for your right-wing views, right? I, I was you banned. You were banned for, <laughs> for your conservative views. Yeah, I think I might have been banned for, like, tweeting uh, Keir Starmer's home address out. Or rather, it just, was, like... <laughs> You know, from my were... right wing views, I was saying yeah. that a, a fascist paramilitary group should come and um, you were worried by his leading should the come all over, over the conservatives, um, and and you, <laughs> you felt that uh, steps should be taken. Yeah, 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 yeah precisely. Well, no, well, someone this... rid me of this turbulent key. Yeah, this guy, uh, um, Phoenix Chugger, Chugger Phoenix, whatever <laughs> one of it. Oh, no, be... that, that guy's a. Oh, Oh god, it's embarrassing if you got banned with him. All I think have, it was. All you have to do is just reply to everything he says to you with Chugger Phoenix. 
yeah. And he gets really mad and wound up, and you just <laughs> send the words Chugger Phoenix to him again and again and again. Oh, this is like politics. Remember politics? Yeah. You just at her like politics, and then she'd ban you. She blocked. She she eventually blocked me. I did it a few. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but anyway. Um. So wait. What? How do we get there? Take me back. Take me back a minute. Just kicking when... off about you getting banned with. Uh, yeah. Phoenix Chug. So what happened was, um, I think this was the inciting incident anyway. Um, he was like, oh, it's totally cool that the press are just always camped out outside Jeremy Corbyn's house, even though he's not been leader for like uh, oh, right, yeah, you probably three got and done by some years. friendly fire, I remember now. <laughs> yeah, 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 okay, yeah, so actually it probably was like the woke left who uh, got me suspended <laughs> from Twitter. Like, so actually, yeah, I have been a victim of left-wing cancel culture. Cancel culture, man. Yeah, 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 so it's now everyone. I'm, yeah, now I'm just on the RP account, like posting like van morrison they own the media like look into the facts guys like but but so yeah well done they tell us that ignorance is bliss i guess for those that control the media it is they own the media they control three years from now fucking just gonna get Oscar Terji on a massive coke binge, like searching for the hat and pit. Like, look, look at this guy leaning into traditional anti-Jewish conspiracy theories. Yeah, and there'll be like five hundred <laughs> tweets from me about the album latest record project, Volume <laughs> yeah. One by Van Morrison. Everybody, by, by which point as well? Have you got my latest record project? By which point as well, Van Morrison will probably have put out an album with like a track that's like "I love a sad" on it. Just now, I meant Jews, by the way. That's that's the title track of the record. But no, anyway, yeah, so, like, this guy, Phoenix Chugger, was, like, defend... Chugger Phoenix was, like, defending um uh the press defending the british media as the you know centrists always do sticking up for their buddies like you know good center-left journalists like john stevens of the daily mail oh sorry i meant the daily mirror you know this guy here you know the the labor supporting daily mirror um their political editor Mm. is now the guy who wrote the daily mail article about us (laughs) <laughs> yeah fantastic it, not one of the young goons who who co-wrote it either the like seasoned older daily mail journalist the most daily mail journalist looking <laughs> fucker of all time like, yeah oh, perfectly brilliant. square fucking head yeah, yeah. cunt um <laughs> but not to dwell on on that particular bitterness anyway let's get, keep going on this more uh recent uh, bitterness so so this guy was defending the british press camping outside jeremy corbyn's house and he was like everyone knows keir starmer's uh home address it is blah 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 it's like what have you been like camping outside with binoculars trying to get a peep <laughs> oh mr darcy no anyway so i screenshotted him posting keir starmer's home address and i was like i'm sick of these corbynite trolls like uh abusing sir keir starmer and trying to like get people to go to his house presumably 
I concluded, as some part of assassination plot. (laughs) (laughs) And a load of the replies were just like, 60-year-old Corbinites, like, this guy doesn't support Corbin. Like, why are you lying? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so, uh, but I don't know, maybe the dis... It could have been... It could have been many things. It could have been the disinformatia about like the, him plotting to assassinate Keir Starmer that got, got me done. I don't know. So, um, so that's um, you know just a discussion of why uh, the uh, at destructive zones account on Twitter got suspended. I'm sorry. I've you know I've, I I lo- I lost like all my my Bruce friends through that. Like my when my people who when I was super posting about Bruce Springsteen all the time, like they followed me and like now I don't know. I can't even remember what their ads are. It's like it's it, it it's very sad. Yeah, politics. Uh, me getting banned. What? How did? How did we even get onto me getting banned from Twitter? Just talking about the Elon and <laughs> how the fuck did we get there? Like there was a th- a through line of some sort. Yeah, there was. Man. That was ages ago. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, well, I had to give people the full lowdown, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you got to be like really careful about like anything to do with death threats on Twitter. I know I lost an account because I threatened to kill someone for being rude to sell a creasy. Was this when you, when you were adopting a centrist persona, ironically, like when you <laughs> probably like when you did what, probably my favorite. Like surely Dan Fox has done exactly that several times. <laughs> <laughs> my fa- my favorite tweet uh, FFF probably ever did was where he replied to some like uh, like pro Israel dickhead like. Yes, Corbyn is an anti-Semite. Hashtag free Gary Glitter. <laughs> oh, is Gary Glitter back in prison now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, yeah, got, yeah. Like, he got released and then immediately started looking for child porn online. It, you did it. You, like, you posted about him so much, you brought new attention to him. <laughs> he would have slid under the radar otherwise. Sounds like like everyone you got in a conversation with is like, can you tell me how to find the onion? And we might assume he means the satire site, but apparently that's just like what pedophiles use as code for like dark web. And oh yeah, browser, that's called the browser. browser. Let you Tor thing, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, you're like the most famous released pedophile in the country, and you. The thing is, like, you, you know you've like, been filmed, hey, and you just openly <laughs> talking about it. <laughs> I guess you've just been, you know, you've been in prison with a bunch of adult men for many years with probably very limited access to child <laughs> pornography. <laughs> I saw that this, this morning, there was some, like, I think American church-linked company, youth evangelism and all this, you know, uh, from the same sort of milieu that does uh, all the terrible Christian music and that. They've and announced they were... a, a full-length tour of uh, Gary Glitter's classic album, Glitter. Close. Close. <laughs> uh, no, they, they've, they've done some, like, Christian fashion brand or something that's talking about, like, outreach and finding your, you know, the... You know, they've decided to call the company, spelt the same way, but as two separate words, Lost Profits. i did see that (laughs) it's gone like semi-viral but i hope someone's actually like emailed the poor cunts and been like look google that without the space p 
please. <laughs> Have we mentioned before um, that Garth Brooks's children's charity is called, you know, Garth Brooks, the singer formerly known as Chris Gaines. His children's charity is called the Touch Em All Foundation. And it's, <laughs> <laughs> and it's this kind of non-specific, non-specific children's charity that raises money for a bunch of other children's charities. <laughs> I think we actually have discussed this before, Garain, because you said it sounded like a money laundering op- operation. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking lost profits. Not even a... There's so many better problematic <laughs> artists than that, just like... Like, at least H from Set was, like, already lumbered from birth with the same name as the pedophile from Lost Profits. Mm. Yeah. I yeah. think the Lost Profits uh, did a song with Jamie Oliver. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, no, the, the the DJ of the group because they came through in the new metal era is called Jamie Oliver. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. So it's not celebrity chef pedophile. No. Well, no, yeah, well, I'm technically right. They've, they've done many songs with Jamie Oliver. <laughs> There's definitely a connection between Lost Profits and Jamie Oliver. It's, it's a fact that. Uh, yeah, that, 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 that Jamie Oliver was a me- an active member of the Lost Prophet. <laughs> it's like how fucking Reese Ifans was in the Super Furry Animals at first. <laughs> this is the version of that with bad music and bad people. <laughs> <laughs> so i mean I, we might as well just like because everyone listening wants to hear us they want the catharsis of us talking about sakia starmer they might want to hear a few things fff has sort of said on the show in the past which we'll have to decide in post whether or not to beep but yeah they want to hear us talk about um uh, uh about sir smear starmer as that one principled conservative MP uh, famously called him. So we've led yeah. into it with 40 minutes of, of talking about people who, who wish to, to inflict harm on children. And I think that's quite a good lead in. <laughs> I would go so far as to say that Sakir Starmer is personally a p- particularly gifted lawyer. And um, so. We, we we I guess like the headline news is uh, he's dropped a couple more pledges, hasn't he? One of them, uh, stay with me. One of them was the uh, tuition fees one, wasn't it? Yes, that was probably the the big one in terms of like it actually getting noticed. You know just, how yeah, not just la- by people like us that expecting it. Yeah, you know how like Labour had all those people out campaigning for them in like 2017 because they were gonna. Uh, scrap tuition fees and young people continued campaigning for them on mass in 2019 uh, partly for the same reason and in 2015 when labor were going to knock three three thousand quid off tuition fees which is the third of it at the time um yeah. that young people didn't do that well yeah anyway now because young people are just a bunch of trots and just anti-semitic pieces of shit anyway um <laughs> labor has uh, scrapped the uh the, the policy so now that now tuition fees uh, stay in place. Yeah, we we might give you a fucking discount on them if you're lucky, but probably not. Mm. Yeah. Their, their latest uh, trick, their latest justification for all of these backtracking and avoiding left wing policies, basically, is seems to be either the old the old standard, like oh we can't afford to, to mm-hmm. change that law, but also the one that we're well, a party a lot of, now of is... sound money. <laughs> the one they're bringing out a lot now is we won't have we won't have time to do that. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Just to we'll just non-stop to bunga bunga parties leave very <laughs> little time to govern. You know, <laughs> Starmer <laughs> will probably still be like coining it in, making David doing a pro, uh, doing a bit empire, legal work on the side. Yeah, but the all their second jobs, they will have very little time to uh, <laughs> to do anything. What do you think, Jess Phillips? I'm sure there's going to be a lot of media opportunities coming up for her to be investigated for in the well, future. She is under investigation. Again, he's investigating for Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a new investigation into Jess Phillips. Oh, no, I know, but did it happen before? Yes. Oh. And she that, was what, found, right? uh, like, a... there was like 14 violations for second <laughs> declared. Um, <laughs> let me look at okay. that, hang on. I was like, establishment whitewash, uh, but a 14, <laughs> 14 violations. Just trying to find the best way to Google it in there. So the, the most recent one was announced two weeks ago uh, that she's under investigation over declaration of interests. She was reprimanded last year after an investigation by the watchdog found she'd failed to register uh, a number of outside earnings. Just redesigning uh, the kitchen. Within the 28-day deadline. So those kind of come down to just being very, very lax, but they've not really announced any specific details beyond there's an investigation into the declaration of outside earnings, but I'm wondering if it might possibly be the crowdfunding. Mm. Yeah, like, the, the like fifty-eight thousand or something. Yeah, 58. Like 50, 56, 58 grand, something like that. Um, there's a lot dodgy about that, but I'm pretty sure it's a, a, a fact that the crowdfunding platform she uses doesn't have any inherent tools to verify the UK resident status or UK citizenship of of donors to it to the extent that you have to to do by by British electoral law. Mm-hmm. So unless she was somehow doing that another way, like external to the platform, while still letting people, those people then donate on the platform. Well, maybe the one. great lawyer Sir Keir Starmer can defend her in court as he did Berlusconi. Yeah, he's just, just got to turn up to court and go, this is yeah. legal. <laughs> oh, Lardy Dara, Mr. Darcy! Just dickheads, just like perfect jawline i know a way into some starmer stuff because i you know i think it would be good to talk a little bit about that fucking cunt james mm. o'brien he is yeah. just such a fucking cunt i fucking hate this cunt so it, I, I mean yes he is obviously and he always is but is this to do with that fucking clip that went around of him like basically yeah. going for one of his listeners for saying mm. obvious facts yeah, it is. It is the uh, the fucking clip that went round, and I, and I I'm gonna uh, copy the tactics of the Labour right here, and and uh, collaborate with the right wing media to uh, smear or in this this case accurately critique uh, one one of our critical opponents. So I'm gonna read from an article uh on the from the spectator <laughs> one of my favorite publications you know whoever the fuck's editing it now will probably be the editor of the daily mirror in a couple of years when john stevens like i don't know has a coronary of some sort of sees the woke trans blm out of his window or something so you know you laugh but the spectator you know at the heart of uh, mainstream british journalism and i've got to say there is literally nothing to disagree with in this article so i'll start um oh dear 
It's good. Always, <laughs> always a good, a good start. But okay, promise it gets better from here. It seems that James O'Brien has slipped up again in his ceaseless quest for truth. This is, by the way, the the um steer pike column. Which is no, um, no, sorry, that's too far. I could put up with you in the spectator, but some someone on spectator pretends to be called Steer Pike. I'm not yeah, there's strangely I named. I have a long campaign for like pouty man with long hair. Journalists giving themselves stupid nicknames. Fuck off. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's better than like Rat Fleet Fighter. Street Fox. Oh, rap, but yeah, well, you know, uh, he's there's a new get... one. I can't remember what it is, but they've they've, oh, they've, yeah, blatant, they've blatantly hired David Aronovich. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. As soon as his contract was up, they yeah, to like accuse Diane Abbott of like, being an alcoholic in Private Eye. It was it was a it was a rat biter style name. I can't remember what it was, like dog toucher or something dick like that. Dick biter, you know? <laughs> <laughs> dick rider, like Blair yeah. Blair dick rider, um, but, cat yeah, strangler. <laughs> so uh oh dear we can think of ian austin's one that he'd have like straight off uh, oh dear it seems that james o'brien has slipped up again in his ceaseless quest for truth the hard of thinking lbc star is always able to spot a winner and now having so spectacularly lost the arguments on brexit and covid classroom closures i i mean okay i don't know about this bit i mean yeah he did kind of lose the argument on brexit a bit i don't really care about that covid shit he has turned his attentions to labor riding high in the polls after last week's election win o'brien seems to have become something of a keir leader or uh, as I call it, a member of the uh, the KKK, the uh, the the, uh, <laughs> the Kia cunt cult. Unsurprising, perhaps, given both men shared enthusiasm for a second referendum. Or it was in, and it was in that spirit that O'Brien fearlessly tackled one of his own callers, who complained about David Lammy telling LBC that Labour will not repeal the Public Order Act. The new law which hands extra powers to the police to handle protests. Lammy said on Sunday that we can't come into office picking through all the conservative legislation and repealing it. It would take up so much parliamentary time. We need a positive agenda. Case closed, no? And I, yep, despite the general sneering tone, I, I, I gotta say, yeah, Steer Pike seems right. That does sound like Lammy is saying that Labour will not repeal that piece of legislation. Well, mm. not according to O'Brien, who took issue with a caller who phoned in yesterday to express their disappointment in Keir Starmer for not saying he's going to overturn this latest bit of legislation. At once, the old Amplefordian, I assume that's some private school shit, interrupted him and corrected his errant listener. No, that's un unfortunately a misapprehension. I think that was a consequence of David Lammy saying something on LBC over the weekend. And what happens is, I'll explain this to you because it's actually quite important. And it's a mark, of course, of how far LBC has come in recent years. You have some very strange people out there who seem to spend their days desperately trying to resurrect the ghost of Jeremy Corbyn. Shout out to our friend JRC uh, number number. Anyone know the number? Twenty three. Twenty three. JRC twenty three. Nineteen twenty one. Lit nineteen twenty one. We know it's <laughs> we know exactly who has pissed off Starmer. I'm um, gonna I'm gonna look up JRC twenty three. <laughs> <That is laughs> <really laughs> 
user J Chill, who's who's been on on Twitter since January two thousand and nine. Well, uh, he's going to get his account binned by Elon soon. <laughs> why is CBS spreading expired and irrelevant information on coronavirus by replaying last week's Colbert? Oh no, he's a Bernie Sanders supporter. He's good. He's good. good. Okay, <laughs> I don't the, care about all his... the JRCs are good. They're, they're like it's like a <laughs> a weird club, but like it's a good weird. Okay, okay, I don't really care about that COVID shit. Nailed on Comrade. We'll get to something similar like that when I had to work out a position on something later. Um, but let's continue with O'Brien. Um, now, now we've established exactly who the fuck he's talking about there. Um, so David Lammy says something off the cuff and out of context on LBC. And one of these weirdos clips it and puts it out as proof that the Labour Party isn't going to be repealing any of this. And they're not going to be doing anything at all to remove legislation that they actually voted against in the first place. But Labour have since clarified that that is not the case at all. Not that it will get tweeted. I don't know if like O'Brien's mate at HQ texted him this or something. What? What? I'm not sure what this clarification was. Not that it will get tweeted by all the clowns who came across your path or whose path you came across over the weekend because they're too busy trying to pass electric shock therapy through the corpse of Jeremy Corbyn's political career. But hey ho, it's not up to us to get the truth out there. I will just say, like, Jeremy Corbyn's not a career politician. He's still a serving MP. And uh, cunts like you talk about him every fucking day on their fucking shows and in their fucking columns. So if that's a dead political career, then, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, I think I'm sure there are a lot right. of quite envious politicians there, such as Mike Gapes, a very bitter and envious <laughs> person who's jealous of Jeremy Corbyn. Um, and, 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 you know, you just see, like... Uh, O'Brien in that, he says, they're trying to resurrect the ghost of Jeremy Corbyn. And he's like, yes, I fucking nailed it. And then, like, he, he needs to make a similar point later. And he's like, the, the, uh, dead Corbyn, dead Corbyn. I just pause the fucking program to have a wank. Like, yeah, J- Jeremy Corbyn was dead. That'd be awesome. And then he's like, sees how impressed everyone is. Pass electrical shock therapy through the corpse of Jeremy Corbyn. Like, just full-on, like, hammer horror kind of, like, images involving Jeremy Corbyn on, like, an operating table going through this man's mind. But yeah, definitely a completely irrelevant politician who major pundits don't spend any time thinking about anymore. So Steerpike, Comrade Steerpike continues... Foolish listeners, fall. <laughs> I don't need to do the O'Brien voice. <laughs> <laughs> Foolish listeners, falling for the Corbynite spin. O'Brien delivered that little pan to truth and justice shortly before 11 a.m. yesterday. By 5 p.m., Starmer was confirming to ITV that uh, he would not be repealing the Public Order Act. Robert Peston, you won't repeal the act? A very ambiguous question, you know. We'll see how Starmer wriggles out of that one. Keir Starmer, I think we will need to let it bed in. You know? It's like before you repeal a bad piece of legislation, you just got to let it be (laughs) fully implemented, put into effect. Make sure, you know, make it work. Yeah. When you're going to repeal it. Let it do some damage to some lives and then... (laughs) Your baby will be like, oh, this, this bad thing is bad. We need to cut funding for it by £3,000 or something. Uh, he says, we need to look at how it operates in practice. Very often with public order legislation, as you know, 
my good friend Robert Pest, as you know, being a very intelligent man who I'm, you know, uh, totally uh, servile towards. As you know, there's a period of bedding in just because the power have got a power. The poli- I think that's a mistrans- uh, mistranscription. Just because the police have got a power, it doesn't mean they have to use it in every situation. You know, just to, the, we've got to rely on the benevolence of the police here to not, uh, you know, uh, heavy-handedly police protests. Just put our faith in these brave officers. Starmer says, Guidance emerges, so we haven't got to that stage yet, and I think we need to get to that stage. <laughs> I hate, I hate this man's like sentence structure. Remember, I will set out my vision, and that vision will be a vision that I will set out. Uh, Steerpike concludes. <laughs> this is very important. We read the entirety of this Steerpike article from the Spectator. Okay, the the perils of spinning for Starmer Chameleon, eh? Or as I call him, Sir Smear Starmer. <laughs> Sadly, the Labour leader's confirmation that his party is not intending to repeal the legislation has not yet been shared on O'Brien's overactive Twitter account, let alone a mea culpa or apology to the caller he chastised. Steerpike looks forward to O'Brien correcting the record and highlighting Labour's vault fast to his listeners. After all, it's good to get the truth out there, isn't it, James? See, I could not agree more, Steerpike. <laughs> James O'Brien is a lying fucking cunt, and, you know, uh, those of us on the left and right should make it our, our common cause to uh, subject this man to online bullying, um, basically, uh, or in The Spectator, wherever we want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> because he's a fucking cunt. Like, I fucking hate him. Just one last thing. One last fucking thing about James O'Brien. Um, just contrast with how he talks about Corbyn. I fucking... I was just Corbyn's dead fucking political career. Shoot from this corpse. This fucking ghost. This corpse, Jeremy Corbyn. Um... Here's what he says about uh, Sakir Starmer, you know, just a balanced, objective journalist who who uh, is not a cheerleader for any one leader. Um, to be fair, it's not his job to be impartial, but uh, this guy is not, you know, um, an equal opportunity <laughs> critic of uh, <laughs> Labour leaders. Let's hear what he says about Starmer. Starmer is above normal politics. Think of it. Think of it as him playing on several chessboards at once. <laughs> I'm not sure, even <laughs> sure what dimension of chess that is. Um, against masters of chess, while everyone else is struggling on one board, the man is a political mastermind. <laughs> Imagine if Owen Jones said that about Corbyn. Like fucking hell, he would never ever hear the end of it. Like it would be five hundred centrist dad Twitter accounts fucking uh, cover photo that Owen Jones quote. You know what I mean? <laughs> like nobody would ever think of talking about that. Like uh, uh, about Corbyn. And here we go, Mister. Like I speak truth to power. I tough. Tell it how it is. He's just like, you know, he goes to, to talk about Keir Starmer and all you hear is a fucking loud sucking sound. <laughs> yeah, like he's not the only one to use the guest um, analogy. Who was, I'm sure it was like some uh, uh, pole flop who was like, oh, I'd hate to play Keir Starmer at chess. Keir Starmer, he's got even better social skills than Bobby Fischer. <laughs> <laughs> who was the chess yeah. guy you compared him to, FFF? 
Oh, yeah, uh, Noman, uh, whatever it is. Uh, basically, that's um, the name they give to someone, like, in a game, if they get beaten so badly that they don't want to give up their name there to <laughs> the humiliation. Oh, okay. I thought I thought it was good. I was going to look them up and maybe <laughs> a Nazi or something. <laughs> Did you see that um, they, they announced today that Keir Starmer had, he had previously signed a book deal for uh, an autobiography? Yeah. He, well, a ghostwritten autobiography, but... He's, uh, he's, he's, he's cancelled it and he's going to hand his events back and he doesn't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, you and never get that with Jess probably... Phillips. She'd go to court to work out <laughs> a way to keep her advance. Yeah, but like, what would the book even contain? You know, how many hundreds of pages can you spin I, out? I think just hundreds the, of pages about how his dad was a toolmaker. <laughs> yeah, grew up in a pebble dash semi. It would be like all work, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. My dad was a toolmaker. My dad was a toolmaker. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I, I mean, I also think probably the Official Secrets Act will be somewhat of an obstacle. <laughs> I mean, he did, did... it could be an interesting book if he was like honest and talked about, you know, how he gets drunk and drives into cyclists and sleeps on his wife. Fucks bitches, yeah. I, like, literally, <laughs> like, if it was just, like, the, the Dirt by Motley Crue, like, Bunga <laughs> Bunga edition, like, my friend Silvio, one chapter, another one about, like, my second home in Darlington, my secret family, like, <laughs> that would be a great read. Uh, another one, like, uh, how to torture a motherfucker and the legal justifications for it. Like, if it was really, like, a true expression of this man's heart like a uh, a chapter like uh, yeah i i made up that thing about playing piano and i don't actually like football like that would be a great read just like an honest book but instead literally the same thing actually happened to mick jagger in the uh the 80s he was like well i've done loads of like exciting stuff but it's like mostly illegal uh, <laughs> and, and, and so the book was just like uh it was he submitted it to his publishing company and it was just like i don't know like an inventory of the rolling stones taxes for that year and uh they were like oh, you can have the advance back <laughs> like they probably like paid him not to publish it this is probably it like yeah there was a mistranslation they actually gave starmer eighteen thousand pounds not to put this out on twitter bread and poses provided a helpful capsule summary of what the book would have probably contained i grew up as the son of a toolmaker i won't go into details on whether he owned owned the factory my work history is redacted under the Official Secrets Act 1911. I became a Labour MP in 2015 and supported my good friend Jeremy Corbyn's leadership. During lockdown, I spent a normal amount of time in Darlington and hit a man with my car in a usual run-of-the-mill tailoring accident. <laughs> <laughs> Saw the phrase, market socialism with Starmerite characteristics on Twitter earlier. I fucking right. hate the soft left. Pick, pick one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Non-socialist socialism with actively anti-socialist characteristics. It's like saying sort of, you know, democracy with Stalinist characteristics, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Do we want to talk about the coronation at all before I get into like my pièce de résistance that I've got prepared? Uh... Long live the king. <laughs> Yeah, yes, not gonna happen, yeah, yeah, sorry, <laughs> but his days are numbered, that's not yeah. a threat, he is old. They were all calling it a fucking a once-in-a-lifetime coronation, I'm like, speak like, for yourself, you know? 
for a few people who are old now, maybe. But... Yeah, I plan on yeah. living uh, at least the next couple of years. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, maybe the, maybe they're hinting at the end of the monarchy. Maybe they are. Yes, they've got the, the, the left wing cabal who secretly controls society and fuck all our kids. They've been planning, uh, yeah, to to end the monarchy behind our backs. Once they've installed their their socialist leader, Sir Keir Starmer, at the head of the country, it's it's over for you, royal bitches. Yeah, I know. I just uh, can't respect uh, King Charles because of that time he said he wanted to be a tampon. That's not a big thing. He said, did he say that? How was that like a love of this before, Jack? Was this no, like one of his love letters to Camilla or something? Was it Was it not the, the phone call that was intercepted? Oh, by... right. But here's Morgan or something. No, no, harping, no, no, no. Like, this well, is some spicy stuff. <laughs> this will beat the Gabba scoop any day. The story allegedly is it was like a, a, an amateur sort of ham radio enthusiast just tapping into whatever he could try and get the, the police radio and stuff. And <laughs> he, he somehow tapped into... Charles and Camilla uh, <laughs> and Keir Starmer and, 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 and Keir Starmer would have sentenced him to like 500 years in prison for just being an amateur. No, no, because he sold it to the papers. That's the right thing you're supposed to do. So yeah, uh, you know, if it wasn't the royals being targeted, you probably would have got a fucking OBE for it. Yeah, <laughs> and there would have been a different agent of the deep state as DPP at that point as well. Keir Starmer yeah, not actively involved in the Diana no, cover-up. That we know of. He was still nominally left wing at this point. So whatever <laughs> compromise they had on him to turn yeah. his career that way hasn't <laughs> been obtained yet. <laughs> Are they actually like, going to put Charles on the buddy and stamp? So are they just like, going to leave it a couple of years to see how he's getting on? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is pretty bait. I mean, it's bad enough that Starmer might become Prime Minister, but you have an actual mate of Jimmy Savile as the king. <laughs> That's fu- really <laughs> fucked up. If you watch that Savile documentary on Netflix, yeah. it's pretty fucking rubbish. Nothing about Starmer in it at all. But like, they, <laughs> but they, they did like uh, talk loads of about all these letters that Prince... He was like political advisor to Prince Charles, basically. He'd advise him on how to handle all these grave issues of state. Um, And now he's like king, and it's just like, oh yeah, his brother's a fucking nonce, and everyone just kind of doesn't want to think about it. Like, you see, I, you know, I live in quite a Tory area, and I've just been seeing like mental like flags with his face on in people's windows and stuff, like days after the (laughs) coronation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, that's, that's, that's been the good thing, really. Like, most of Scotland hasn't bothered, and up here in Glasgow, where some parts of it do bother, like, you know, in advance, it's, right, it's going to be these 10 specific pubs, just avoid them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I actually, like, the day before, um, the, the fucking day before the coronation, I drove past a place, uh, Catrum, I think, called uh, it. It was called White Knobs Lane or something, and it was just festooned in Union Jacks. So I thought that's uh, well, that's it's, fucking yeah. on the nose. <laughs> Truth in advertising, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I, I, you know, was never gonna watch the coronation. I won't fucking like. I, I, I will not participate in some kind of anti-democratic sham that's just all about like further entrenching a fucking undeserving elite. I, I mean, of course, they invited Sir Keir Starmer, the so-called Labour leader, to the funeral. I'm not. I will not. <laughs> I, the funeral, the coronation. <laughs> I will not. I will not participate in anything um, 
where I, I believe in no platforming that man. At one of the events, there was like all the recent Labour leaders except Corbyn. Yeah, no, that's why <laughs> he's cool. Like, he's literally, yeah. he's just not part of the club. Like, he fucking, like, he just isn't interested. That's why he's so real. It's literally, yeah. there's a there's a line in uh, Bob Dylan's song George Jackson, which was like a short-lived return to protest music in the early 70s. It was about uh, like a black radical activist who got murdered by cops. Um, and there's a, a, a great line, like, he didn't take shit from no one. He didn't bow down and kneel. Authorities, they hated him because he was just too real. He wouldn't take shit from no one. He wouldn't bow down or kneel. Authorities hated him because it was just too real. Lord, Lord, they cut George Jackson down. Lord, Lord, they laid him in the ground. And I always thought that was like kind of corny, but now I totally get it because like authorities do hate Corbyn because he's so real. You know? Right? <laughs> I wanted to talk about um, a little bit of international politics corner. Not America corner. Sorry, Yair. You guys are g- gonna have Not to. Needed. Yeah, you guys are gonna have to take a back seat uh, for once. <laughs> Unfair. Uh, this is uh, bigotry of the worst kind. Anti-American racism. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. America's gonna have to wait. Um, it's going to have to get in line behind the more important countries, like in this case, Pakistan. So um, I don't know very much about Pakistani politics. I'm not even going to pretend that I am an expert in this situation because like the whole point of um, how I'm going to tell it is um, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about in this case. Um, so I was talking to your friend of the show, Shrieking Tid Man at Phase Muse the other day. And I guess I was just, you know, kind of send each other a lot of random bullshit like you know like me and fff do and stuff and fewer slurs generally and i saw a tweet on the timeline uh before i get into this tweet who said this tweet i'll just read it the arrest of imran khan on charges of corruption is so clearly unjustified the majority of balance-minded muslims know that the policy politics of pakistan has for years been allowing corruption to flourish in the shadows behind party doors. Now someone has risen who speaks out. Dot, dot, dot. Is there more? Yes. Who speaks out against it. We are forced to watch the charade continue as he is locked up. If those who orchestrated this premeditated coup have any faith at all, they should know that God, the seer of all things, is not unaware. They should repent and set him free immediately. Hashtag Imran Khan. So yes, that was tweeted by Yusuf Islam, aka Cat Stevens, who who now performs under the name Yusuf slash Cat Stevens. Uh, not a, that a slash is in the character. <laughs> not he's not Yusuf slash Cat. He's not absorbed another musician's personality into his, his general persona. Um, just does his normal act, but comes out with a stupid top hat. Yeah, <laughs> it just does a widdly woo guitar solo in the middle of like, uh, oh baby, it's a wild world. <laughs> um, <laughs> Slash can actually be quite a tasteful guitarist, but anyway, um, Peter Oborn 
I know slash isn't like synonymous with taste, but he's look, he's got decent chops. Uh, Peter Oborn then followed up this tweet. So, so uh, yeah, okay. So basically, I sent this tweet by Yusuf, aka Cat Stevens, to Shrieking Tin Man, and I asked him, "Do we as socialists agree with this? Should we be opposed to the coup in Pakistan against Imran Khan?" I then received more information when I saw a tweet by Peter Oborn. Everyone on the left's favourite conservative journalist. He said, Imran Khan stood up to the United States. Now he's paying the price. So too is Pakistan. And terrible times may lie ahead. So that made me think, okay, well, if based Oborn is with Yusuf Islam on this, then maybe this is the correct... If the former political editor of the Daily Telegraph is with Yusuf Islam, a.k.a. Cat Stevens, on this issue, then maybe it's the right stance. You know, that's what I thought. Issuing a correction on what we said earlier about how terrible it was when right-wing journalists... We've got towards more more left-wing publications. Oh, yeah. Uh, Well, (laughs) look, I'm not going to pass any judgment on the people at Middle East East Eye for uh, employing Peter Oborn. I think, like, he, you know, uh, I'm sure he's a big name for them. There was further confirmation of the correct stance being to oppose the coup when um, none other than Craig Murray uh, was retweeted by Tariq Ali, who obviously is, you know, probably the most famous British Pakistani leftist. Is, Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Tar and Tarek, obviously, like you know, again, I trust his judgment on this. So, yes, it seems basically that, like, though Im- Imran Khan might not be brilliant, um, the good, the correct socialist position is to oppose the coup against him. And this was confirmed once and for all when uh, Shrieking Tin Man sent me. A tweet from one Jeremy Corbyn that said the arrest of former Prime Minister of Pakistan Imran Khan is a dark day for democracy. Solidarity with protesters in Pakistan and beyond demanding his immediate release. So, as Shrikantin Man said, that settles it. <laughs> if the big three of anti-imperialism, <laughs> Yusuf <laughs> Islam, Jeremy Corbyn, and Peter Oborn are all on the same page on this, then I think uh, <laughs> I think we should probably be against this coup. Uh, I, I think that would be right. But this made me, um, you know, start refreshing my memory about um, the details of uh, a certain controversy in the career of Yusuf Islam. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the uh, the the famous <laughs> the famous comments when he endorsed uh, or not in his uh, retrospective summation uh, the fatwa against Salman Rushdie <laughs> but, <laughs> that was uh, administered by Ayatollah Khomeini of Iran. Remember, my original message to Shrieking Tin Man was posting the Yusuf Islam tweet saying, "Do we as socialists agree with this?" And then I tweeted with the caption, do we as socialists agree with this? The following exchange. Robertson, you don't think that this man deserves to die? Islam. Who, Salman Rushdie? Robertson. Yes. Islam. Yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I can't remember that. That like reminds me of this. There's a Gape cast where um like Gape. Uh, I think it's where like in Gape cast uh like Gapes is like slipping into these. Uh, it's the Gape Fest episode, and Gapes is like slipping into these really really tight white leather trousers. And Richard Miller is like trying to explain to him like. Mike, don't go too heavy on the champagne and cake. Um, and Gapes, Gapes is like, yes, yes, what? And he's not listening to Miller. And then obviously he shits himself on stage. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, sorry, he shits himself and then can't be bothered to take off the leather trousers. He goes on stage just with, with shit-filled white trousers. <laughs> uh so uh yes it, uh yusuf islam there just said uh yes yes uh to the idea that he should that salman rushdie should should uh deserves to die um i'm gonna start calling him yusuf now by the way just to sum up rather than islam because i feel like it could lead to some confusion robertson and do you have a duty to be his executioner it's a bit of a stupid question, isn't it? And are you personally going to murder uh, Salman Rushdie? <laughs> <laughs> but Yusuf answers this, uh, no, not necessarily. Unless we were in an Islamic state and I was ordered by a judge or by the authority to carry out such an act. Perhaps, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Some minutes later, Robertson on the subject of a protest where an effigy of the author is to be burned. Robertson. Would you be part of that protest, Yusuf Islam? Would you go to a demonstration where you knew that an effigy was going to be burned? Yusuf replies, I would have hoped that it would be the real thing. <laughs> uh, so, like... <laughs> and his defense of this was like basically yo uh you guys uh don't understand english irony <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> i was doing a bit please uh th this was in a rich tradition of uh, british satirical humor going back to the middle ages um yeah, I do love that. He says, oh, it's just a joke. And like, in all the quotes, he's like, this is not a joke. I will kill Simon <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> This is a completely serious death that I am making. Uh, a, guy, a guy wrote in The Observer um, during a, a Yusuf Islam controversy. He said, uh, he told me in 1997, eight years after saying on TV that Rushdie should be lynched, that he was in favour of stoning women to death for adultery. He also reconfirmed his position on Rushdie. <laughs> so he was like, yeah, yeah, stone those fucking slags. Uh, by the way, I still think Rushdie should be killed. <laughs> Just throwing it into, uh, like, semi-unrelated conversations. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think, like, if you went to a gig, like, would he just start talking about it after one of his songs? I really hope he would. <laughs> like Eric Clapton in 1976. He's like, instead of, we need to make Britain white again, or whatever Clapton said, he's like, we need to make Britain an Islamic theocracy. And he's just completely <laughs> shit-faced, just like railing at the infidels. <laughs> like, yeah. I stand by yeah, what I said goes... about Rushdie. <laughs> yeah, he just goes on about a big bad man and goes, anyway, here's Thief of Attila, man. It would be so dope if, like, when uh, John Stewart and Stephen Colbert invited him to uh, perform their uh, centrist rally, the rally to restore sanity in, like, 2009 <laughs> or whatever, um, 
it would have been so great if he went on and like started playing Peace Train and then uh like uh that Elvis Costello performance where he starts playing uh, one song on Saturday Night Live and then goes into another or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um like um it would have been great if he was just like, Ha I tricked you, stop playing Peace Train and it's just like death to the infidels. <laughs> everyone's like man this is the most exciting centrist rally i've ever been to (laughs) um so here's two quotes from yusuf islam contrast these two quotes first quote i never called for the death of salman rushdie nor backed the fashwa issued by the ayatollah khomeini and still don't another quote he added that if mr rushdie turned up at his doorstep looking for help I might ring somebody who might do more damage to him than he would like. I'd try to phone the Ayatollah Khomeini and tell him exactly where this man is. <laughs> <laughs> That's he, some next level grassing, that is. Yeah, he did not endorse Khomeini's fatwa. He just would have grassed out this man. Look, it's just the law. It's just being... A, it's called being a law-abiding citizen. Uh, <laughs> it's like some, just neighborhood watch, standard... But again, just like his his uh, great comedy that we heard earlier, it is just a rich British tradition of being a, a curtain twitcher who grasses people <laughs> up. Um, yeah, so, so here was his quote. Um, in response... Yusuf Islam said that some of his comments were stupid and offensive jokes made in bad taste, (laughs) while others were merely giving his interpretation of Islamic law, but not advocating any action. (laughs) I just love, like, the... Someone Rushdie Rushdie tried to get him kicked off the lineup for that rally to restore sanity. Yeah, yeah, he did. He he may have... He tried to no-platform it. Yeah, I, the woke left at it. Yeah, he was like, uh, he may have sung peace time, peace train once upon a time, but uh, that that uh, man is oh, like that. He's a different man now. Cat Stevens is dead or something. Like, he, he basically was like, Cat Stevens is dead, but I did not uh, kill him as part of the fatwa. <laughs> I, I promise. Um, yeah, no, it would have been funny actually if he'd gone up there at a rally to restore sanity. Uh, started playing uh, Peace Train, stopped playing it, played Milk Train by the Everly Brothers, uh, and then done the uh, hardcore Islamist spiel about <laughs> 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 just like reignited his beef with uh, with Rushdie. Because like if you look at his quote, subsequent quotes about Rushdie, they're all like, "Yeah, he shouldn't be killed." But why did he have to go and blaspheme? Like, <laughs> why are you gonna make me do this, Salman? <laughs> Um, uh, okay, so just like, yeah, contrast, um, I was making stupid and offensive jokes in bad taste with, um, the quote, he must be killed. The Quran makes it clear if someone defames the prophet, then he must die. (laughs) You know, there's so much wriggle room in that quote. (laughs) Oh, uh, speaking of like people going on like weird rants uh, <laughs> during a show. Have I ever told you these stories about uh, Billy Corgan doing that? No, no, do tell. Let's see if I can uh, just get it up two seconds. Uh, but yeah, Billy Corgan, like, uh, but yeah, there's like one where like he's he's always having like in a bad mood when he's doing shows. So there's one way like did six or seven songs and then started doing the opening chords to uh, Nirvana song, and everyone started cheering and he goes. Oh, is that what you like? Yeah. 
fuck you, and just walked off stage. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's like, another time, like, 20 minutes in, like, he just spent 20 minutes being a petulant asshole to the crowd, and then lent his guitar against an amplifier to create a massive amount of feedback and walked off. <laughs> Rock and roll, baby. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, he's the man I can most relate to. I'm the exactly the same way. I was a bitch and famous rock star, the biggest asshole. <laughs> um, oh, a, a fun Salman Rushdie fatwa fact. Um, when he was in hiding from from the fatwa, he continuously he he continually risked his life to openly attend U2 concerts on on Vera's uh, Zoo TV tour, which was the tour for Acting Baby. I mean, look, it, I've seen the Zoo TV live in Sydney concert film. It's great fucking U2 tour, man. <laughs> Don't know if it was worth dying for. But hey, I'm sure... Like, I'm sure it's, if it's, he... it's if not, like, catch on and start going to the concerts trying to find him yeah i'm sure if he'd have got Maybe fucking bono really killed like as collateral damage you yeah. pricks would all be fucking cheering him on i was gonna say maybe he doesn't like you two at all and he kept going to their concerts just to sort of like yeah trying to create like a bataclan like, ariana manchester situation so maybe, maybe i can take them with me yeah <laughs> Well, I don't, yeah, Bono even brought him on stage a couple of times, uh, and it was like, <laughs> like, <laughs> just like any sniper in the idiot, audience. Uh, and, oh and, my and, god! Like basically, Bono was like, it was like during that tour, Bono would do a couple of songs where he'd like dress up as the devil. It was this character because he was doing all these characters at the time, like um, the Fly yeah. uh, and and Mister Mirable Man or something, and like this character was called. Uh, mr mephisto and uh yeah he was basically like the devil uh bono brought him back on the 2017 tour and he's like they might call me trump they might call me bolsonaro they might call me corbin or something no he doesn't actually say corbin but i was like totally like gearing up for him to start like including the names of left-wing leaders in there um, but um <laughs> no like so bono is like dressed as the devil and stuff and uh salman rushdie comes out and he's like thank you mr bono but real devils don't wear horns <laughs> Oh, that sounds so cool. Yeah, all the like Christopher Hitchens, Salman Rushdie guys are like, yeah, <laughs> so sick. He hitch slapped him. <laughs> Salman Rushdie controversy. There we go. There's a whole Wikipedia section for Cat Stevens's comments uh, about yeah <laughs> uh, about the Rushdie situation. <laughs> yeah, just he just straight up say he must be killed. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just when you're just making these. I mean, look, FFF, I mean, you probably <laughs> had a similar... <laughs> yeah, again, it's like whenever I make a death threat, it's just a funny joke. It's just, it's just British irony. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so here, here's what Rushdie later said. Here's the full quote. I foolishly made light of certain provocative... Que Sorry, this is the uh, use of Islam quote, rather. I foolishly made light of certain provocative questions. When asked what I'd do if Salman Rushdie entered a restaurant in which I was eating, I said I would probably call up Ayatollah Khomeini. And rather than go to a demonstration to burn an effigy of the author, I jokingly said I would have preferred that it would be the real thing. 
<laughs> and it's like to say all the offensive things that I've said about Sakia Starmer on this show, I was just jokingly, jokingly saying these things. He said that in the same interview that he'd like made most of those comments, he was like, um, if Rushdie was taken to court in Britain for his his blasphemy against the prophet like and the jury found him not guilty of any crime blasphemy or otherwise and dismissed the case uh he said i clearly stated that i would have to ex- accept the decision and fully abide by the law not personally vigilante kill him and that <laughs> was no joke <laughs> so for the record the one non-controversial thing i said was the one that wasn't a joke <laughs> Yeah, that, does that mean, like, if the court did find him guilty of blasphemy, he would go and kill him? Yeah. Seems to be what he's implying. <laughs> yeah, that. yeah, I would, personally. Um, I'm very sad that this seems to be the number one question people want to discuss, he said in 2000. I had nothing to do with the issue, other than what the media created. I was innocently drawn into the whole controversy. So... After many years, I'm glad at least now that I have been given the opportunity to explain to the public and my fans the side of the story in my own words. At a lecture back in 1989, I was asked a question about the blasphemy about blasphemy according to Islamic law. I simply repeated the legal view according to my limited knowledge of the scriptural texts based directly on historical commentaries of the Quran. The next day, the newspaper headlines read, Cat says, kill Rushdie. I was abhorred but what could I do? Just a reminder that that quote was, uh, he must be killed. <laughs> um, uh, at the same time, I never actually supported the fatwa. I even wrote a whole press statement, which very early on the press ignored. Yes, the lion, lamestream media, uh, as usual, smearing a great anti-imperialist like Jeremy Corbyn, uh, completely ignored. They went for the one which was written by the journalist who originally wrote the story. And so I had to live through that. And then he said on his personal website, I never called for the death of Salman Rushdie, nor back the fatwa issued by the Ayatollah Khomeini and still don't. The book itself destroyed the harmony between peoples and created an unnecessary international crisis. When asked about my opinion regarding blasphemy, I could not tell a lie and confirmed that like both the Torah and the Gospel, the Quran considers it, without repentance, a capital offence. The Bible is full of similar harsh laws if you're looking for them. However, the application of such biblical and Quranic injunctions is not to be outside of a due process of law in a place or land where such a law is accepted and applied by society as a whole. So it's basically... It's just like, well, it's fine if it's in Iran. <laughs> like, um, I kind of, you know, you can, like, empathise. He's, like, recently... I mean, about ten years before this happened, I think, he converted to Islam, and he sort of... Um, you know, a convert is always under a lot of pressure to like prove that they're not just it's not just like some kind of lifestyle choice for them that they're serious about it and i'm not meaning to excuse um his comments there but i i understand that he felt compelled to say yes that is the that's the official line (laughs) you know (laughs) however he did sound like it was his personal opinion as well in a lot of those quotes (laughs) However, 
in August 2022, when Rushdie was stabbed multiple times and suffered serious injuries during a public appearance, Stevens released a statement on his social media accounts condemning the attack and wishing Rushdie a full recovery. Saddened and shocked to learn about the horrific act on Salman Rushdie, my wish is for us all to live in peace. May God grant him and everyone else who has suffered from the manic pandemic of violence in this world a full recovery. Peace. <laughs> the real pandemic. Despite what I said earlier. <laughs> <laughs> the real pandemic is, is violence, uh, which in this case is bad. Uh, I don't know. I guess that it was not a stabbing authorized by the ayatollah and uh it was in a country that does not have islamic law implemented so yeah i guess in accordance <laughs> with uh cat's use of stated objections to the uh to the idea of killing Rushdie extrajudicially in a western country that is entirely uh in keeping so there we have it. Yusuf Islam, uh, completely consistent. Uh, <laughs> no contradictions. Um, flawless, a flawless man. I mean, I wish we had Twitter in those days, so Cat Stevens could do a sort of Ringo Starr-style video. It's like, I'm warning you, Salman, with peace and love, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> my, spiritual advisor has, my spiritual advisor has told me that this is dot, 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 moral. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, he got denied a uh, visa to be for the US in 2000, which was like he was launching his relaunching his music career because he basically quit music while, um, after he became Muslim the first time. But he came back as Yusuf Islam. Uh, was this like, not the 2004 one? Yeah. So it was like post 9 11. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> they refused to be entry, and he like made a protest song about being refused entry to the US with Paul McCartney. <laughs> oh man, there's there's some load bearing quotes in this section. Jesus, like what? So he was denied entry from back to the United Kingdom. Spokesman for Homeland Security claimed there were concerns of ties he may have to potential terrorist-related activities. <laughs> Yo, the Israeli, the Israeli government had deported him in 2000. Over allegations he provided funding to Hamas. But, but <laughs> okay, he, he's cool, man. But he, he's but not he a legend. Denied, but he denied doing so knowingly. One of many Islam... issues on which he agrees with Jeremy Corbyn. <laughs> I mean... Islam, Islam stated, I have never knowingly supported or given money to Hamas. <laughs> At the time I was reported to have done it, I didn't know such a group existed. <laughs> Present but not involved. I don't know. I don't know. Why I, I never heard of her. I don't know why I keep coming out with like anti-Corbyn smear lines here. Uh, love JC obviously, but when John Stewart invited him to the rally to restore sanity, like, uh, and there was the controversy about it, Islam said to John Stewart, "The whole thing was a misunderstanding." But added, "Why do you have to insult the prophet?" So he, he keeps being like, <laughs> yeah. "Well." I was right, but <laughs> I went I was about right, it. But I shouldn't say it. Yeah. <laughs> Stuart continued. We get into a whole conversation, and it becomes very clear to me that he's straddling two worlds in a very difficult way, and it broke my heart a little bit. I wish I had known that. I wouldn't have done the routine. I don't think because that to me is a deal breaker. Death for free speech is a deal breaker. Thank you, John Stuart, for. Like, and then two years later, he said on his show, for some reason, he was like, yeah, I shouldn't have invited him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Another funny thing about this is, like, um, 
Yusuf Islam keeps hitting clips of uh, uh, appearances on TV where he endorses the fatwa. He keeps like hitting them with copyright notices and getting them taken down off YouTube, <laughs> even when they're like ten seconds long. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> the 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 Yusuf Islam lobby are like taking down. They're like uh, they won't let so the it... truth be heard. So there's two people that are really specifically opposed to their most controversial work appearing on the internet at all. Yeah. Uh, Yusuf Islam and Jerry Sadovitz. <laughs> <laughs> Alleged resemblance to character in the novel. So this section, just at the end of uh, um, Kat Stevens' comments about Salman Rushdie Wikipedia page, some commentators have concluded that the character Bilal X in Rushdie's book is a caricature of Yusuf Islam. The fictional Bilal X, a successful African-American former pop singer who was converted to Islam, is portrayed by Rushdie as the favoured lieutenant of the imam, a character based on um, Ayatollah Khomeini. Bilal X's well-nourished, highly trained voice serves as a weapon of the West turned against its makers. So it could be for just like uh, Rushdie made fun of him in his book and uh, Cat Stevens was really butthurt. Oh, he was yeah. just like, uh, that's blasphemy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see my surname, Islam? If you criticize me, you are literally <laughs> attacking Islam. <laughs> <laughs> Where was the thing about him being denied entry to um the United States? Oh, no, I found it. Uh, yeah, I didn't see. It. I didn't know that he got um like uh denied entry and flown back to the United Kingdom. Uh, no, no, sorry. I thought I thought you'd read that as he got denied entry to the United Kingdom, but I let. I guess no. they let him back. Um, yeah, I've never knowingly supported Hamas. Uh, however, uh, they. The Department of Homeland Security added him to a watch list, which provoked an international controversy and led Jack Straw to complain personally to Colin Powell at the United Nations. So yeah, that, that surprised me a lot. Jack but, Straw, know. like one of the most dr- draconian right-wing British foreign secretaries in uh, in, in know, fucking history, just like you know, no modern Labour. A politician at all really is like ever say no to America or anything and and de- uh, in defending a guy who's just been accused of supporting right guy, like, Hamas like and uh, yeah the, the, the battle in tech was like no no my wife's got all his albums he's a nice man let him in <laughs> uh, yeah uh, Powell stated that the watch list was under review so may so uh they may have just put it under review then being like we'll keep him on there but yeah sounds like jack straw um made a uh compelling case for alleged uh hamas sympathize <laughs> use of islam uh, uh to, well, to the mean, u.s he, security state it wasn't it was a few years after that that, that mike gapes famously called for us to, to get around a negotiating table with, with, with hamas you know <laughs> fucking so, anti-semite um the, the Labour right have uh, questions to answer on this. If yeah, you yeah, that Mike Gapes guy sounds to me like a racist anti-Semite. Not just an anti-Semite, not just a racist, yeah. a racist anti-Semite. Probably a trot as well. A trot. Not not <laughs> one of the not racist anti-Semites. that's it for those not versed in gapes that's like what he likes to say about corbyn and stuff a racist anti-semite i remain bewildered uh wait what so what did he say uh 
<laughs> so it's possible that the US included him on their watch list because of a different guy called Yusuf Islam and they were like, ah, same shit. <laughs> I mean, that does happen a lot, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. It's like a recurring thing since he's been grown and watch this come in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then he was allowed into the US in 2006 for. He sued the fuck around the same time, 2004. He sued for libel and and got a big settlement off the Sun and the Sunday Times. Oh, nice. So it was like a Murdoch editorial line cross paper that that he <laughs> were, he had supported terrorism and he sued the fucking one. And there's a lesson there that Corbyn should have learned from. Mm, he should have mm. been more uh, trigger happy with the, the lawyers. Yeah, but isn't he currently uh, like a million pounds in debt for uh, a, a case that he won <laughs> against yeah, that right, that Richard right. Millet? To- not Mister Richard yeah. Millet doesn't deserve a title. Just that was a bit anti-Palestinian. That was, that was someone scumbag. else suing him. That was someone else suing him. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's um, a different dynamic to like this person has made an obviously false claim about me. I'm going to sue him. Yeah, yeah. So, by the way, that protest song that he made about his 2008 exclusion from his 2004 exclusion from the US in 2008, I guess, like when they'd already let him into the US, he was like, now I speak out on this. Um, But as well as Paul McCartney, it featured Dolly Parton uh, and Terry Sylvester uh, of the Hollies. Um, So pretty dope that he won that. lawsuit against the <laughs> lawsuit about allegations that he would not talk to unveiled women <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah me. that's the, i mean to be fair it seems like he won that like <laughs> okay okay they, they got the, the settlement like open and shut because they just made it up they just sort of uh extrapolated from his religion and that he uh He'd asked uh, like female TV presenters not to hug him when giving awards and stuff like that, which you know, it's a bit strict, but it's not the same. That's like no. I would not speak to anyone not wearing a veil. <laughs> it's several degrees less than that. Yeah. No. So so he uh, he donated um, money to his small kindness charity uh, that he he won from that. Um, yeah, so those seem to be like his main controversies um, on the the use of Islam page. Although, yeah, I mean, his uh, Islamic school that he runs in or ran in Brent uh, has come under some criticism as well. But yeah, I don't know if it's like from Nick Cohen or <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, yeah, covered means a lot in the UK. Just be like Oliver Kahn. Yeah. Out of people's employers to phone on a given day. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know, I, ju- I just kind of like wanted to uh, talk a little bit about that because I just find the whole like, yo, I was just doing a bit, like, <laughs> <laughs> guys, you guys don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, 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 that's fantastic. Uh, I'm going to have to get going in like a minute. That's cool, man. I think we should be pretty much got enough now anyway. Awesome. Talk to you next time. Later on, Very man. Good. Cheers, man. See you. So, anything else? Anything else? I don't think so. I think uh, we've covered the main issues. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be like a huge amount going on. It's like Starmer's still being a cunt. Royal yeah. family is still being boring. Yeah, yeah. 
Mm. It is quite funny, over there, like, uh, uh, Prince Andrew's a pedophile. I love Prince Charles. No, anyway, anyway. Um, uh, oh, what's so FFF? Won't you, didn't you have some um, like anti-Semitic stories that you were waiting till Yair was gone to tell? <laughs> <laughs> These ones weren't anti-Semitic. I'll save them for another episode. It's okay. better if they just sort of a come in a natural flow. I don't like you being too prepared for them. Okay, okay. <laughs> they weren't really anti-Semitic, by the way. It's just uh, I, I can't remember what he said where I was like, oh, no. <laughs> it's anti-Semitism. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. I think, I, think, I think we've got it. Okay, yeah, sounds good. All right, peace, guys. Okay. Cheers, babes. Peace and love. Don't send me any fucking fan mail. It's exciting, it's young people, it's crowdsourcing.